0: Welcome to the official podcast of DogsDaily.com, a Sports Illustrated channel. Gets to the edge. yourself we will send the Dogs home to the championship game. If you're looking for the latest Georgia Bulldog news in football, basketball, baseball, and recruiting, then you're in the right place. Oh. Hosted by Dogs Daily Writers, Jeremiah Stoddard, Kyle Funderburg, and Jonathan Williams. Here's the pitch. And high out into right center with some carry. It's got a chance. This ball is out of here. Tucker Bradley has won it. Just sit back, relax, and prepare yourself for these hot takes you're about to listen to.
1: All right, welcome back, everybody, for a very special episode of Classic City Sports. As always, Jeremiah Stoddard, along with my my buddy Jonathan Williams here. We're ready to celebrate national championship for Georgia after 41 years, before both of us were even remotely thought of. Uh, it's, it's about time, and it's a very, very good feeling. As you can see, got the hat ready to go, got the shirt already. ready. Jonathan doesn't have any of that stuff because he picked Bama. To win the national championship game, so 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 he obviously doesn't have the gear because his team, I guess, didn't win. I don't know, but uh, but no, obviously that's a joke.
2: Crimson (laughs) red underneath this hoodie. Obviously, my shame.
1: Obviously, that's a joke. Um, but just just jumping straight into it, then I mean, we're we're just gonna have a a, kind of a wrap session. Sit back, talk about the game. Just kind of discuss little things here and there. There's nothing to look forward to, right? For the first time, we're not going to do like a, here's what we expect to happen. Here's what we kind of thinks going down, except, you know, over under of like the city of Athens and how much damage there is to it after the other <laughs> night. Plus what's going to be there this weekend after the parade. Yeah. But jumping straight into it, then Jonathan – Initial reaction, you know, like I, I know it had to be a, something like mine where it was just ecstatic and like just this unreal feeling. It didn't feel like it actually happened. You wake up the next morning just to pinch yourself to see like, hey, check Twitter and everything. It really did happen kind yeah. of thing. So how how, how did, what, what was your initial thought process?
2: Well, as soon as Keeley Ringo picked the ball off, I immediately just turned to my dad. I was watching it with all my buddies back home. We've had a group of guys that watch UGA football games since I was probably seven years old. It's like, this is a group of guys that I've grown up with. They're much older than me, but it's a group of guys that I've grown up watching football with. I've grown relationships with. And I just turned to my dad and I literally picked him up screaming (laughs) that Georgia just won the national championship before Keely even got in the end zone. I didn't didn't matter. I didn't even know he was in the end zone yet, but I just was, screaming and looking at him because, I mean, 21 years of my life, I've been waiting to celebrate that moment with him. You know, everybody was like, you're going to watch the game in Athens. I was like, there's no better place I'd rather be than being at home with my dad to celebrate that type of moment. So I finally got to do that with him and everybody. So it was just so surreal. I mean, the following morning, I woke up probably about 830 in the morning, just probably still purely off of adrenaline that was still running from the game. And I watched like four hours straight of ESPN coverage of the national championship, yep. just over and over and over, just looking at that title at the bottom of the screen that said Georgia claims national champion, and like it's still so crazy to think about because I mean, especially with me now being a student in Athens, I've kind of gotten to see like the vibe around campus, kind of see how everybody's feeling. I mean, it never happened in your lifetime yet; it hadn't happened in mine. Nobody at the University of Georgia right now, as a student, had seen anything like that in their lifetime. So it's just been great kind of seeing the morale around campus. You know, Everybody's in a good mood. I mean, a freaking party of a lifetime happened after the game in Athens. Like we said, tons of property was damaged. People had fun as they should. So it, it was just a crazy experience that I am one thankful person to be able to experience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, to put in perspective, even even UGA's first lady, right? Like so, Mary Beth, she was Kirby's Kirby's wife. wasn't even alive the nope. last time that Georgia won a national championship. She said that in a post game mm-hmm. interview. I saw it actually a um, couple hours ago. As when I first yeah, saw that, I didn't really realize crazy. that was the case either because I no. knew Kirby was a couple years old, so I didn't I just yeah. didn't think about that. But she wasn't alive. even. So of course, mm-hmm. none of us were um, very. I, I know a lot of people that have been or that were, and you know, it's just something that they just a lot of people have literally gotten to where, like, they just go, well, this is just how it is for Georgia. We just yeah. like, and after, I mean, I get it. If you say you were, like, you know, 20 years old when the last time Georgia won, right? Like, our age, last time Georgia won it. And then you're sitting there and just watching it and 40 years go by of, like, you've had good teams. You've had very good teams. You've had elite quarterbacks. You've had great defenses. And it just hasn't happened. So they've gotten yeah. to where, like, at that point, it was easy for them to turn around and just say, yeah, I mean, it, we just we just lose these games. Like, it's going it, to... I don't know what else to say. It just happens, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, it finally, finally happened. And so that's no longer something that you have to think as a Georgia fan. And even if, if you watch the SEC shorts, you saw this this morning. If you don't watch the SEC shorts, you should because they're hilarious. Mm-hmm. And for those that don't watch it, Georgia has this relationship on there with this character that's called Hope. And they, had, they, they broke up this morning. Yep. Uh, Georgia and Hope broke up this morning because Hope was no longer needed because you had to hope you could do it, but now you know you can do it kind of yep. thing. So that's literally the mindset, and that's what's changed at this point. And by the way, Hope is now going to, to visit Texas A&M. <laughs> and that's what she said. So that they get to have hope from here on out. It's no longer our burden. Yeah. We don't have to be concerned with that. But no, my reaction was very similar. It's, But I watched it at home with just me and my wife. And I felt like that was a good call for me because I was very nervous. Um, <laughs> big games like that, sometimes I get a little loud and I, I start yeah. yelling at the TV, getting mad and stuff like that. And I was like, it might be good for my self-pride, self-dignity to be in my own house. And not around other people, and because if somebody says something, it's gonna get under my skin or something like that. I'm gonna get mad and just watching because all it would have taken is one person said something about putting J.T. Daniels in or something. I would have looked. I probably would have slapped him. Like it just, it probably would have just lost my mind because yeah. that game was just crazy. Um, but no, the the feeling was unreal. As soon as Kirk, or as soon as Keely Ringo caught the interception, I also didn't need to see that he got in the end zone because it didn't matter. Yeah. Like, it it didn't matter if he scored. Scoring was icing on the cake, and it really, really sealed it to where, like, there was not even a glimpse of hope at that point. Yeah. But the fact that he picked it off in general, there was only a minute and seven I seconds less left, something minute. like that. I think, I think after day, the actually. play, there was less than Okay, yeah. yeah. At so, the end of the play, after he ran it back 75 yeah, yards. Yeah, it would have
2: just been victory formation, needing the ball. But even then, it yeah. was just so much better for – to capitalize oh, yeah. it off with a touchdown and putting seven more points on the board, I think it actually resulted in UGA covering the um the over-under for the game, I think, if I remember correctly as well. So, betters love that move as well if you had money in the game. And then even for Nolan Smith to capitalize the game off with a sack as well, getting to Bryce Young, taking him down to the ground. Yeah, all of it was just which, perfect. That was, my, that was my, nice. my player to watch on defense for Georgia was
1: Nolan Smith because I felt like he was going to have a yeah. good game um which we were talking about this before we came on the show and and i we were seen played a good game and we were happy for seeing to get you know mvp obviously yeah, defensive mvp no hate on the kid at all but i was supr- i was a little surprised that he was the one that was selected yeah. on there once again nothing against him but when you had players like keely ringo that had six tackles um another pass deflection pass breakup and a pick six yeah to me that that screamed defensive mvp mm-hmm. um or you could have looked at you know uh you had William Pool. Uh, he had a nice pass breakup in the end zone that would have been a touchdown for Alabama. You had Nickobe Dean, who had a sack.
2: As always, um, just played phenomenal.
1: And it just just let I think he was towards the top of the list of tackles and stuff yeah. too. Uh, Channing Tindall, who great. had I want to say six or seven tackles, I think seven tackles along with the sack and a half. Yeah. Um, like as far as like who everybody was, I, I was a little surprised that it was Lewisine. Love Lewis and I'm I'm happy for him, but I was a little surprised with it as well because especially with Ringo having that pick six. Because yeah. to me, like all the other stuff I just listed is kind of irrelevant on it. Because if it wasn't going to be seen, it had to have been. Like it absolutely had to have been Keely Ringo. Yeah. I, like I think. Or at least that's what I would have assumed. So I was kind of surprised to see that part. That was, you know, but I mean at the end of the day, what I wasn't surprised to see was Stetson Bennett as the MVP. Because I mean he was steady. He was he was consistent. The only error that he really, really had. The like I mean yeah there was a couple little plays here and there but like the biggest error he had was obviously the fumble and that was barely which was a fumble.
2: questionable Highly I will say this
1: I will say this it was it was really close it was really really close but I do think that like the ball the angle of the ball kind of seemed like going up out of his hand a little bit the crazy part to me of that whole thing was the fact that the guy just grabbed the ball and had like half an inch left of space inside, inbounds, that it wasn't an out of I know
2: play. there were Georgia fans that at that moment, when they saw that happen, they're like, this is the play. Alabama always has one kind of these of plays yeah. where it's just like everything fell into place him. Like a guy just is casually going after the ball just to pick it up and give it back to the ref more than likely. Like he's not trying to go make a play to recover a fumble. He's clearly just running out of bounds. The ball's right there. Happens to keep a foot in bounds as he gets the ball. And so I know there were Georgia fans that are like, that's it. Like that's the play they're going to make that wins them a national championship. Like everything just fell into place for them and they did capitalize off of it, but ended up not hurting Georgia in the end. So, and just like as your Nolan Smith pick panned out, my James Cook pick panned out in a way. He didn't have a ridiculous game by any means, but in a very big play that changed the momentum. His big play absolutely yeah. flipped momentum. I yeah. mean, that is what sparked Georgia's absolutely. offense in a dire time when they absolutely needed something going on offense. He breaks one loose down the field, gets seven yards, gets Georgia in position to score. They capitalize off of that. And from that moment, Georgia's offense didn't even look the same from what Mm -hmm. they looked before that. I mean, it was abysmal on offense. I mean, busted assignments, offensive line was just letting guys loose. And Stetson was having to scramble for his life. Things just weren't clicking. And so you had to think like. At some point, this offense has to start clicking, you would think. And sure enough, James Cook does that. Stetson throws the miraculous touchdown to Adonai Mitchell, just absolutely beautiful. And that was all she wrote. That was all she wrote for Georgia to capitalize a national champion. And you have to just think, like, there is not a better person to win offensive MVP for Stetson, not only just for his performance in the national championship – but for what he has done for this team this entire season, I put out an article today, or maybe yesterday it may have been posted, but it was the MVPs of the season. And I said that Stetson Bennett was the MVP for the offense this season. It has to be. He wasn't he didn't put up the most glamorous stat line. Like it wasn't something that you look at and you just go, holy cow, like that's an incredible season. But in a time of need, he filled a void that was very important. When JT Daniels went down with injury, He filled a void for Georgia to keep them afloat and keep their goals in sight. Because, like we've said this before during the season, any other team that loses their starting quarterback typically, they kind of have to reassess their goals for the season. Just take Texas A&M, for example. Zach Calzada played pretty well this year. I'm not saying that he he was a reason why they kind of went under – like they didn't play up to their standards of what they hoped to this season. But they kind of had to reassess themselves saying like, okay, like – yeah, we beat Bama, but I'm not sure we're going to be able to get through the rest of this season and make an SEC championship. Stetson Bennett won, won every single game that he played in the regular season. He had one slip up against Alabama, still got Georgia a seat at the table in the in the college playoff, and that's all you needed. As Kirby Smart said, all I've ever wanted for this team was you just have to get those opportunities. He was like He said in an interview with Reese Davis that we're getting at bats, and so I knew at some point we were going to hit a home run because when you get at bats, eventually something is going to happen. You just have to keep getting those opportunities and keep getting plate appearances, and Georgia finally hit one out of the park when they got an op- another opportunity, and Stetson played a huge role in that. Whether you like him or not, Stetson Bennett was a big part in saving Georgia's season. Absolutely, and and
1: to clarify on this as well because I know some questions that are going to come about, about him being the MVP of the season kind of thing because, yes – Brock Bowers had a season of a lifetime Uh, as a freshman, and like he he almost broke, like I mean he he's like more than two thirds of the way to like the all time receiving records for tight ends at Georgia in one season for yardage, and just doubled any single season totals Mm -hmm. for any player when I was looking at some of this stuff the other day. So obviously he had probably the most outstanding season, right? Oh yeah. So if you want to look at like the most outstanding, like player in the entire like season or, or who had the most outstanding performances it's got to be brock bowers
2: no yeah think about the term most valuable player think about if you took stetson bennett out with JJ daniels georgia being hurt do you think georgia still ends up in a exactly. national championship do you think carson beck leads georgia to a national championship now of course we don't know carson you, beck, you won't know carson beck very well could have had but we don't have to play the unknown what we do know is that stetson bennett did lead georgia
1: to what a national we do championship. know what we do know is. The beginning of the season, what the depth chart looked like at quarterback was JT Daniels, Carson Beck, and then Stetson Bennett. But then after everything played out, it turned out to be JT Daniels got hurt and then had some stuff going on so he didn't play anymore. And Stetson Bennett leapfrogged Carson Beck because they felt like he was. And that was in practice. You know, that would think about it. Remember that week, right? We were sitting there looking. It kind of confused me, confused everybody. I was a little upset about this part at first, too, because one, I didn't know. The unknown was out there of what Stetson would end up doing this season. By the end of the season, we became very big Stetson Bennett supporters mm-hmm. well before Monday night, like a lot yeah. of people, by the way. Go back and watch the last three episodes, yeah. and you'll see us constantly talking about, actually, like probably the last like two months, you'll probably just see us. Since Florida, I think since Florida is when we started saying yeah. Stetson Bennett was our guy right now. Get used um, to him. And get used to it. That was more what we started with. Yeah. But my point of it is, Back when the call was first being made, I remember the beginning of the week Carson Beck was being prepared based mm-hmm. on what Brooks Austin told us um, leading into it was he was being prepared to be the starter that week. I don't remember who we were playing that week. It was like the third game of the season or something like that. that. Uh, Is Arkansas? I believe was it Arkansas? It might have been Arkansas um, or no UAB? It was UAB. So it was the second that game was of the year. U- okay, yes. So it was the second game of the year and two games in or two two days into practice that switched to Stetson Bennett. Yep. Only after two days of practice, maybe Carson Beck was having a couple bad days and stuff, and they decided to go ahead and go with Sets and Bennett, and then history wrote itself. You know, from there on out, think about what this kid did. He was a former walk on, had no scholarship offers from any SEC school at all coming out of high school. Was a walk on in 2017. Was pretty much credited with like Georgia's win over Oklahoma by the staff and players and stuff like that at the time because they said that him on the scout team was the reason they were prepared for Baker Mayfield because he was able to do what Baker Mayfield was doing and help them be really, really ready to face him mm-hmm. in that game. And so they credited him for their ability to withstand what Baker Mayfield ended up doing. Yep. Um, and so you go from that, but then obviously he's got a ridiculous depth chart of five-star quarterbacks in front of him. Think about 2017, who was all there in 2018. Um, at that point, he decided that he wanted to transfer to go to a junior college, so he could get that experience as a starter, get more game time, and just really just build on himself, right? And then you fast forward another year, and he decides to come back to UGA. You know, he's told, and this was said on um, one of the, I think it was ESPN, there was an interview or something like that, and it was said that basically he was told, because of Jamie Newman and Dewan Mathis, that a staffer, that the coaching staff told him there was no realistic chance for him to actually play. Yep. He was told that when he came back after after he came back, and that's that was what the depth chart looked like. And so then you fast forward a little bit longer. Last year, all of a sudden, JT Daniels isn't ready to go. You know, Mathis starts the first game against Arkansas and clearly has serious issues going on, and just doesn't look like what he was supposed to be. Um, which, once again, we wish the best for that kid as well. We yeah. always do on the show, 100%. but he definitely wasn't what he was supposed to be at that point. And he was struggling. I think he got rocked against Arkansas, and you could see that he his mentality. He was just like he was. He yep. seemed like he was playing scared. They decided to go with Stetson Bennett in that game. Stetson Bennett proceeds to to lead them to a victory on the road against an SEC opponent when he wasn't even supposed to be playing. Turns back the next week and just dominates. Absolutely dominates um, Auburn the next week. I think it was like a twenty eight to seven win, something in that same range um, where he he just absolutely lit them up. Played very well. Plays half the season, you know, all, all of a sudden runs into a week four. Was it week four against Alabama? Jeez, uh, yeah, I think it was, was week four. On. It was early in the season. And all of a sudden goes and plays Alabama. And you see him get, you know, obviously lit up against Alabama. Throws a couple interceptions. Um, you know, just doesn't have a good game in general. Everybody starts talking about how he's too short and he gets all the passes batted. And that becomes the narrative for the rest of the season. And finally, JT Daniels is healthy for the last four games. So at that point, you saw that he was struggling, or, you know, Stetson was struggling. So they did, when JT got healthy, they did take that change at that point because they felt like he was the one that gave him the best chance, right? So then it looks like it's JT Daniels' job to lose after going for four games, throwing for 1,200 yards, ridiculous stats, becomes a Heisman favorite to start the season out coming up this year in the offseason. Um, and then this year comes around, Clemson game starts. JT Daniels plays pretty well against Clemson, wins the game, um, but didn't play lights out against Clemson. He, he played a good game, but not like an insane game. Only scored three points offensively in that game. Find out that he's hurt, right? So then you proceed to move on to your next guy. Who then once again, like we just gave the storyline of what this season was, where it was Carson Beck at first, but then all of a sudden, a couple days into the practice, they switch over to Stetson Bennett. And from there on out, it was Stetson Bennett's job. And, and the longer it took, JT to get healthy at that point, it got to where like, can you make the move? You know, like can, can you make that change at this point? Everybody says yes. Like fans and and the the armchair quarterbacks or the Twitter coaches out there will say yes, you make the change because he's been there long enough. He can do it like no problem. The coaching staff seemed to, to disagree with that though. The coaching staff at this point, my, my perspective on this is the coaching staff just chose Stetson Bennett, especially after postgame interviews with Kirby and the way that he talked about like sticking to his choice. Yep. And, like, his own words was that he, like, sticking to, like, his decision and seeing it pay off the way that it did, like, how good that felt, like, how everything played out. Like So, I, I at this point, I do think that Stetson Bennett was chosen over JT Daniels with, yeah. because of whatever was going on.
2: I don't know. Yeah, and I think more so to me what's so impressive about what Stetson did this season is that, you know, you touched on how he was told by his own coaching staff that, there was no realistic chance of him starting that was just last year. Even after he became the starter this season, every single interview he dealt with in the media was centered around, Do you think you can lead this team to national championship? Why do you think you're the quarterback? Do you think that there'll ever be a quarterback change? Like Kirby Smart was bombarded with these questions. Stetson Bennett was being questioned by the media about his, his abilities to lead this team. The guy was twelve and 0, or not twelve and 0 but he was ten and 0 or whatever as a starter in the regular season. This season, yeah and he was being questioned about, do you think you have the abilities to lead this team and win? He was proving it, and he chose to just ignore everything. He didn't let that get under his skin, and it very easily could have, because anywhere you looked on social media, whether you looked at interviews with him in it, whether it was Kirby Smart in the interview, whether it was Todd Munkin, everybody was questioning and doubting Stetson Bennett, or the majority of people. Now, there were some people who did support him, but for the majority, it was people doubting Stetson Bennett, and everybody was saying, Where's JT? We want to see JT on the field. Do you think there's ever a chance that JT could get on the field? Like, what if this happens? What, what if Stetson throws an interception? People are asking those type of questions. Like, already saying, like, if he fails, do we get to see JT Daniels? Kind of basically saying, like,
1: they do- gave him a sh- the shortest leash yes. of all time. Like, th- there was no actual leash. There was no leash. There was, like, the fans were out there holding the collar, right? Like, so no leash being used. Just holding the collar saying, like, the second that you even sniff – towards the wrong direction, just just yank him kind of thing. Like yeah. that that's how little trust there was.
2: Absolutely. And now he's a national champion. And you still have people Oh my God. Still was... have people on Twitter saying stuff like well, I think I don't think Stetson was the reason we won that, and I don't, I'm not saying he is the reason. I think he played a big role, and people are saying like, "Well, we would have done the same thing with JT Daniels." Blah blah blah. Still, just like not even giving credit where credit is due. You finally got a quarterback that took you to a national champion. That that that's instead all that should matter. Instead of admitting
1: that they were wrong, yeah, they would prefer to still just discredit the fact that it didn't matter. Now they're saying, now they're saying what we said. Um, months ago at this point, and we had an episode it that matter literally said, quarterback. It do- that was the title of the episode. It doesn't mm-hmm. even matter who, or, or does it even really matter who plays quarterback for the But University I think, Georgia.
2: I think in the end, it definitely did because those did. people who were wanting JT Daniels in the first half of the Alabama game, if Stetson Bennett was running for his life and we're talking about a guy that has hit 22 miles per hour on the GPS track or whatever it's called. And, you want to put JT Daniels, a guy that's supposed to just sit back in the pocket and make his reads to have success behind that offensive line, it ain't happening. It was not happening in that first mm-hmm. half. He was and running it, for his life. And it probably wasn't going to happen too much in the second half either. Now, I will say that them putting Broderick Jones in at left tackle and kicking Jamari Sawyer into the guard position that, saved the game. me too. Saved the game. That's another prime example of Kirby Smart learning from past mistakes and – proving that he can make mid-game adjustments and he's not stubborn and saying like well this is a guy I put as a starter so that's who I'm sticking with the entirety of the game he he said like if by God if we're gonna lose we're gonna lose swinging and putting everything that we can and trying to do anything and he did and it succeeded and it helped tremendously in the second half but yeah for sure. JT Daniels was not going to be lighting up the Alabama defense with Will Anderson and whoever else getting in the backfield Not without being able to
1: extend the plays with his legs like Stetson Bennett. And that's
2: something that Kirby Smart and Todd Munkin said repeatedly. Why Kirby Smart? Why is Stetson Bennett playing quarterback? Well, he gives us the best chance to win. We feel he gives us the best chance to win. And also, his mobility and his speed is something that is very valuable to this team right now. Said it repeatedly. I mean, every single week, that's what he said. And people still seem to not believe him. And then finally, it shows up in a time where it mattered most, where Stetson's speed and his ability to evade pressure finally showed up in in the most important moment of the season – and it played a huge role in Georgia being um national champions. I mean, he tried to tell you all season long. Todd Munkin tried to tell you all season long we believe this guy will give you the best chance to win and he certainly did. There was a lot of truth in that statement all season long cuz Stetson Bennett was a reason why Georgia won.
1: Oh, for sure. Like it, and at the end of the day and like I know a lot of people came out and said this was this was my favorite thing after you know after Stetson Bennett ended up winning it was well Stetson Bennett didn't win it. The defense did. Guess what? We also sat here in that same episode where we talked about it and said, the reason we didn't think it really mattered too much if it was Stetson Bennett or if it was JT Daniels starting at quarterback for Georgia was because that defense got to play every single game that the quarterback got to play. And so with that defense,
2: there was no reason. Let's let's talk about that too because I think this is another moment where Kirby Smart – I wouldn't have been as I wouldn't have been as good of a person as Kirby Smart was about this because in my press conference I would have been saying some other things probably kind of saying like you need to say sorry whatever but not apologize in the, not in kid. that nice of tone but Everybody told Kirby Smart that you cannot win with a good defense in this in this era of college football. A good defense is not going to get Kirby you anywhere. Kirby shuts so much
1: stuff up with this. Everything. There's
2: so many things. You this, need an elite quarterback to win a national championship and you can't have this elite defense carrying your team to a national
1: defense championship. Defense can't win championships. He did both anymore. of those in one season and won a national championship defense can't win championships
2: anymore that's what everybody said
1: that's exactly what everybody
2: said and he built the perfect defense for it i mean there is you may not, we probably will never see another defense like that unless kirby smart pulls something magical out of his hat again on the recruiting trail and puts together such an elite unit but like he the, did. No, this year. L- let me pause you there though think about that he does he, he, has. he does. look at the, there's year. a reason that
1: he's got a top three recruiting class every single season and it's because, especially on the defensive side, you saw the cornerbacks that are coming in this year. Oh, yeah, you know there there was an issue at corner this year where there wasn't as much depth and there was some inexperience, and we're playing a freshman and who the freshman ended up by the way having the pick six, so that's neither here nor there. And I,
2: I think I think this is where it gets scary for the rest of. College He's a redshirt
1: freshman, but still he had a shoulder injury last year, couldn't play at all. So I do we do know he was a redshirt freshman. Still stands.
2: I think this is where it gets scary for the rest of college football because everybody was saying Kirby Smart has to get over that hump. He has to get the monkey off his back, and he has to be Alabama and win a national championship. He's recruiting. With well, he did that. And what do we? Kirby Smart every year. Yeah, one he's recruiting with a national championship. Can you right imagine now. that? Yeah, we haven't seen that, but we will get to here very shortly. Oh, I'm excited. And then also on top of that, he's going to have a great defense every year. He, I mean, every single year he's had a great defense. And so now that he has shown that he can win a national championship with an elite defense, he still hasn't had this elite quarterback prospect yet. So now he has a Brock Vandegrift on the depth chart. He has a Gunnar Stockton on the depth chart. Maybe uh, JT Daniels, Carson Beck, whoever else, maybe a transfer. We don't know how it's going to play out. He's got those four quarterbacks to go into this year. When he does. Maybe that's a minute. We'll get to that in a second. So when he does find this elite quarterback prospect. And he can consistently get them playing and he kind of gets in a rhythm. I think you're going to see Georgia go on a serious run where you're just kind of seeing where, oh, Georgia wins another national championship. A couple years later, oh, they just won another national championship. I think this is where things really start to fall into place for Kirby because now he knows the recipe. Now he knows what he needs to do to win a national championship. He knows what it takes. And he did it. Without the things that everybody said was required, without breaking his mold,
1: yeah, yes, he stuck to his mold and he was able to do it. And let's let's uh, one last thing I want to comment on this before I take the conversation completely into the Stetson and minute of the future potential and everything like that was uh, the the biggest conversation from Georgia fans. It was two things: which Kirby mismanaged the quarterback room, doesn't know how to you know develop the quarterbacks, so it can't seem to do this right, that the other. Let's talk about developing the quarterback. Just rewind to ten minutes ago when I sat here and gave the entire breakdown of what what we saw from Stetson Bennett, like in his career, where he was at, where he went, all this stuff comes back as a walk on, or it comes back on scholarship after originally being a walk on. Talk about developing a quarterback. He made they they made Stetson Bennett a national championship quarterback between Todd Munkin and Kirby Smart and and Buster Faulkner. You know, between those guys. They made him a national championship winning quarterback. I mean, we can walk
2: on. We talked about how much how different he looked compared to last season and this season. I mean, just between that that year, we talked about how Stetson Bennett just looked more comfortable in the game. He looked a lot more confident as well. Like throwing his deep Stetson Bennett throwing a deep ball last year did not look like Stetson no. Bennett throwing a deep ball this year. It was it was maybe like 40, 60 forty percent chance of hitting last year, maybe. Whereas this year. He was hitting them every single time. He was I mean, he hit one to George Pickens in the National Championship. He hit one to Adonai Mitchell that we touched on. I mean, any anytime that he had an opportunity to hit a guy for a deep shot, it was money, more times than not. I would say like 80% of the time he was hitting his guy and usually in stride for the most part. He was it wasn't like he was underthrowing him every time or anything, but he was making those opportunities count. And, and that was important.
1: And and yes, yes, I know and he Jonathan knows that the A.D. Mitchell touchdown was like on his back shoulder, like this, like going over. But where's he supposed to throw that ball? You want him to put It was it,
2: where only A.D. could catch it.
1: it, it the, the corner had his back turned. It was where he could catch it without taking him out of bounds. The sideline was right there at the end zone. And then the back of the end zone straight ahead of him, you you can't lead the receiver. If you do, you lead him out of bounds, or you make it to where the only way he's going to catch it is to have the, a phenomenal toe drag catch or something like that, rather than to his back shoulder where he has to, where he can turn back to it. And potentially get a pass interference call, too, because the defender could start to pull on him, which some people said that there could have been one on that play as well. But that, that George Pickens throw was money. George Beautiful. Pickens didn't dive as much as he kind of fell with it. Yeah. There was a He was kind of stretched his arms out like this. It was more
2: so, let me make sure I catch this ball.
1: Yeah, and, and twist and pull it into your chest because he was going to stumble and fall by running through it like I watched that play back just to confirm my thoughts on it and literally his arms he catches it right here where his feet are still under him and he falls forward it was not like the George Pickens catch against Cincinnati where no. he straight laid out for that us was, that, that was George <laughs> unreal it was a great throw so his deep ball his accuracy on the deep ball and his confidence with the deep ball extremely high development this year because like you said last year he didn't
2: have that he just did not and so talking about the offense, I want to bring this up while it's on my mind. So it was third and one. It was I think it was third quarter, maybe, or I may be getting it mixed up. But you can correct me because I'm sure you'll remember third and one. And Todd Munkin calls a screen pass to Brock Bowers. to Brock Bowers. Yep. I mean, the Kahuna's on a man <laughs> to call that on that because if it doesn't hit. You're getting cussed at. You're getting what? You're getting blown up on social media for oh, saying. And Kirby Smart's probably going off on you. And you're too. getting because ga- Georgia was gashing them in the run game, and you're third and short. You're thinking, okay, And you got Zamir White in the backfield, and he has the kahunas to call a screen pass. It to was, Brock it was a third one at like the somewhere between like the ten. It 15, like 20, right? It was like yeah, like twenty yard line ish, kind of maybe in that range. Okay. It was a little further back than I thought, but yeah, maybe, third one. I don't know, but it was it was, was in the red zone area. And Stetson perfectly throws it over the edge rusher coming, places it right in Brock Bauer's hands, and it goes for a touchdown. That moment – because in my opinion, I was kind of questioning what Todd Munkin was calling in that game because there was like moments you would gash him for big yards on the ground, and then you go pass, 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 and then you have to punt. But then in that moment where I was like, Todd Munkin said right there – we're not coming here to get a first down. We're we're scoring a touchdown. We're taking advantage of this moment. What we're that play to the tells game me, right there.
1: The fact that they didn't run that ball on that play tells me they weren't settling for a field goal. No. If they got stopped, they were going to go for it. Yep. If they if they were a yard short, now if they lost yards, if they lost like four yards, it's a different ball game. Than, but like if they if they continue to get to a fourth and one, I think at that point they go for it. Because to throw the ball in that situation really makes you think. That they they're they're really score going for that touchdown, and
2: I think that's a moment where because everybody says every, Kirby gets conservative in big games, like he doesn't he doesn't he call definitely these, did not in this one. in that moment. That's that was an area of me where I said, "Wow, that that's not a typical Kirby move right there." Now, and, and I think that also shows Todd Munkin's the guy calling the shots because again, Kirby Smart's probably not calling that play on third and short. So you brought it. We said all year long, and ever since Todd Munkin came on campus, was that. He brought Todd Munkin on to run his style of offense and to call the shots. That's a Todd Munkin shot right there. And it, it you can just tell like how Kirby Smart's learning from his past experiences. And they said, like, this time we are not going to get beat. We're not letting it happen. We are taking advantage of this opportunity. And that was a moment in the game where I think they said – Let's freaking win this thing. Let's we're not running up the middle for a one yard gain and a first down. Well, let's let's like add into like the not even just like the keeping the pet like you know the aggressiveness
1: going and stuff, but like the confidence they had to have in Stetson Bennett. Yeah. In order to continue to throw the ball. Because the last couple of touchdowns were touchdown passes. Yeah. You know, outside of the pick six, he threw two touchdown passes late in that game. Mm-hmm. So they had confidence to put him in that close game, even after the fumble on it, which once again, like you said, was a questionable thing in um, like the first place. And then how insane was it that Bama actually recovered that in the first place as well? Even after that, right, they still had that confidence in him to go out there and protect the ball and throw it in a close game, going down the wire and going against what Georgia usually did right in a game like that where it's a one score game not like chasing from behind like they were down by like one point right it was an eight to nine game you know at one point so you, you see that being the situation that type of game like you said that's a Kirby smart I'm running the ball you know twice throwing the ball on third down that's that's what Kirby smart of old used to do in those situations because especially when you seen the, the run game started to work I was getting mad Early on in that game, it's especially after the first half, I even texted somebody else and I was like, this is ridiculous. We have 11 rushing yards in the first half. I was like, this is the same game plan as we had in the first game against Bama. And we didn't run the ball and it really killed us. Yeah. And then we started the second half and that's when we started gashing them on the ground. We started having big runs and all of a sudden the game just changed. But they showed that like they weren't predictable. You know, and I think that's that's where they were able to close it out, and that's why they were able to win it like that was because they didn't just go, all right, we, we started having a little bit of success in the run game. We're just going to just just ground and pound the rest of the way and go back to the Kirby Smart of old. We're going to mix it in there, and then we're going to throw the ball still and keep them guessing and make them not know and not be certain of what we're going to do. And so, like, at that point, it's just an incredible game plan at the end of it. Like, the way they played that second half, let's say second half adjustments – Second half adjustments or halftime adjustments are what—that's what wins championships. It's
2: Kirby Smart killed made Georgia it. in the past against Alabama. It's
1: absolutely killed Georgia in the past. But I also said this too. Uh, I was talking to somebody else, and I said, I think the reason Georgia won this game is because they were losing the game until late in the third quarter, yeah. and it's because it gave Kirby Smart the
2: confidence to be like, "All right, well, we have—we don't have a choice. We got to play aggressive." It was no longer we can't. We can't force anything anymore. It's more so we have to make something happen now. Exactly. Which is when Georgia plays best is when they're like, we have to make something happen. Let's go do what we do best.
1: And you're not like – you're going to make something happen, but you're barely losing like that. And it's not like you need to go out there and score 14 points to take the lead back. It's a – we need to make something happen before this game gets out of control. The game's in control right now, so we have to go out there and capitalize on our opportunities and our moments and get down the field and score – before it gets to a game where we're trailing and all of a sudden we have to abandon whatever game plan, a mix of run, pass, whatever we wanna do, and we can't do what we want, we have to do what we have to do. They decided to keep their foot on the gas, play aggressive, and it absolutely paid off. It, It shut up every argument that anyone has ever had against Kirby Smart. Can't develop players, can't develop quarterbacks or manage the quarterback room, Turned a walk-on quarterback into a national championship quarterback. Can't win the big games. Chokes in those situations and lets games slip away in the second half. Absolutely played aggressive and kept his foot on the gas to go out there and win that game in the fourth quarter. Where you even have Nick Saban coming up at halftime and saying, you absolutely beat our butt in the fourth quarter. So that's – it completely threw everything else out the window. Yeah, you knew he could recruit. And everybody always said this. Rival fans always wanted to say – you know, all of that talent on the roster, what's he done with it? He can't do anything with it. Guess what? He has the ring now. Now he's going to be recruiting with a ring. Think about that. He's already been in top three recruiting classes every single year, and now he's recruiting with a ring on his hand. When he walks into those home in-home visits, when they come onto campus, players come to campus, he shows them the trophy case. This was last year. This is what we got. There's an empty space right next to it. Come help us get it.
2: Yep. And I, I just want to go back one more time because I, I think this was another moment in the game where it was just kind of not necessarily uncharacteristic, but it really showed to me that Kirby Smart and them were not scared. They were not – they did not go in this game scared. And it was the four-play drive that led to the A.D. Mitchell touchdown because they basically – it basically yeah. seemed to me that they looked at Stetson and they said, go win us this football game right now. Because you had the pass yeah. to Jermaine Burton, I believe it was, to kind of get the – Get it started off. Then you had the pass to Macintosh, and then there's another play before that I can't remember what happened, or maybe I'm kind of mixing them up a little bit, but uh, I'm not sure. I know the Macintosh pass was in there, I think, and then also there was one to Jermaine Burton, and then they capitalized off of. A, and, in my opinion, I don't even know that Stetson knew that he got an offsides call in that moment. I think he knew. I think the whole way he saw it. I, I don't know he that it. he did because to me it seemed like it happened all so fast and he just knew that he was going to AD Mitchell the whole time. In, in my opinion, that's kind of what it was like
1: to me in real time. I, I think he probably, I think he probably goes towards AD Mitchell in general on there. Like I think that was the read, like that was the read. Whether or not he forces one, I don't know, but I, I think that was the read on there. But I do, I felt like he saw it was a free play because I think they jumped on like the interior, didn't they? So it was kind of yeah. in front of him, like he it, and he was in the shotgun and stuff. I think he saw them move and hands get pointed and they go, The It snapped it
2: real quick like The only reason why I say that, though, is there was some other close calls with Alabama kind of being on the verge of being offsides or not. And so I didn't know if Stetson maybe was like, well, I don't know if I get that offsides call right there because it really seems like we haven't gotten too many this game. And I don't know if he had time to see the flag actually thrown. So yeah. I don't know. He, if he did, that's also great. He didn't have time to look
1: for a flag to be thrown. I'll say that for sure because yeah. he, he didn't hold that ball long. He dropped back, and he, he's let that thing
2: fly. And Stetson even said after the game, he said, you know, after that fumble, I just told myself I'm not going to be the reason why we lose this game. And instead he turned into one of the biggest reasons why they won that game and hitting A.D. Mitchell in the end zone. For what seemed like a play that Alabama typically makes late in the game, finally Georgia gets their turn to make that play in the game deep shot to the end zone that just pierces Alabama fans' hearts and rips it out of them, and you get crowned as national champions because of it. So, yeah, the yeah. whole game was just beautiful for a Georgia fan, especially this entire season was just great for Georgia fans in general because I don't want to say that losing to Alabama made this victory even sweeter. Like losing to them in the SEC championship game just made this victory even sweeter because, yeah, you lost to them four times prior to that, but for this team to get to avenge their own loss, like this group of players get that in a game that they lost together in the season, they get to avenge that and then also along with avenge every other loss that happened prior to that. I think that makes the moment even more special for them and even sweeter for them to take a, take a national championship away from Alabama because we knew at some point it was going to have to be beat Alabama in the national championship. I don't think anybody cared for the first one who it was going to be against. I think it could have been against San Jose State. Georgia fans were going to be completely satisfied with a national championship regardless but you knew at some point you were going to have to beat Alabama and you get oh, I'm you, so glad you cleared the road oh my god i'm so all glad. in one game you got the national championship out of the way you got over the Alabama hurdle and everything else like you proved every single question that surrounded this program got answered in one game and i, I, I they that's so
1: beautiful I, I laugh i found this i found a couple of Alabama fans um, on twitter Alabama fans have been real salty. Shocker. It's really funny to see because you don't see them in this spot. And we've never been on the other side of this, you know, watching no. them. So it's been real funny because one one of them decided to say that, you know, they didn't win the SEC championship, so it doesn't really count. You didn't win the conference title, so it doesn't count. And I, w- I was like, I, and other go, people already... go
2: back four years ago? Other
1: people already responded, so I didn't even bother tacking <laughs> on because I already saw the response too. But I was like, they must have forgot 2017-2018 because... They didn't even play in nope. the SEC championship yeah. game. They they didn't even get there. Didn't even win their own division. Mm, Auburn did, and and so then you're going to come out and say like, I mean, then go ahead and give Georgia that national title. Then if you want to make that yeah, your I argument, guess the drought ended I, four years earlier than we thought. I guess in 2018 they did. If that's your argument, because I saw that and I was like, this has got to be a joke, right? Like that's not even that's not even the closest thing to a good argument that you should have made as far as that goes, because like. Bama doesn't win the SEC title every year that they win a national title because that year being the biggest one, obviously, like, it, it happens. Like, it, it just does. And um, and also, in 20, 2011, Georgia played against LSU in the SEC championship game, and then LSU played against Bama in the national championship game twice. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. They have, in in my recent history that I can recall off the top of my head – That they didn't win their conference title. Didn't even play in their conference title. So, like, to make that argument, it just absolutely made me laugh. And if other people didn't already respond, I was going to, but I didn't
2: even want to bother. I was like, it is. (laughs) This is just sad. My favorite ones were the ones talking about injuries. Because I do think Jamison Williams being hurt and really super unfortunate that it happened, but... Yeah, I let's do say think that, that first. That was a huge, we don't want
1: injuries to happen. It was absolutely not, a, not. I,
2: especially an ACL tear, which they confirmed. Like that, that to just a first really, round draft. Yeah, big. a guy that's, that's going. Rough. It really does suck, and I really do hate that. You just don't. You don't ever want to see that happen. Mm-hmm. But and I do think that had a huge impact on the game. Really benefited Georgia because you're not having to cover that guy anymore. Yeah. You're not having to worry about him. It makes a difference. But a theme for Georgia this season was overcoming injuries all year long. I mean, there was 14 players on the injury list at one point. And you notable talk about, starters, Tyke Smith, dumb for the year. Tate Rallage, dumb for the year on the first drive of uh, the starting right first guard. First drive of the game. First drive of the season, dumb for the year. JT Daniels, starting quarterback, he gets hurt. Had to replace him. <laughs> Let's talk about injuries and talk about the fact that – Dan Georgia- Jackson, a walk-on <laughs> safety, walk-on has, has been playing for Georgia this season. And he's oh, been filling yeah. the void of Tyke Smith. Chris Smith was hurt at one point this season. Tons and tons and tons of injuries that Georgia had overcome. Chris
1: Smith was hurt in the game against Alabama in December. He played, but he was yeah. hurt. He was still injured in that game. And so like he was hurt in that game. We had George Pickens for that game in December, early December as well, but George Pickens was just back. Well, and he's on a snap count. He's not playing that much. He had one catch against Bama in the national championship game. That's the number one receiver for Georgia. That's That was our first-round draft pick kind of guy right there prior to this year where he's been out all year, don't have Dominic Blaylock still. Yeah. Like, they, like we can go down the list of receivers and other people Eric Gilbert didn't play. It seemed like, like Georgia
2: was down to three guys at wide receiver at one point this season. It's just it's, so it's funny. That's it, all they had.
1: But even better about it. Freshman, freshman wide receivers yeah. and tight ends are, who led Georgia in the best part
2: of it all is that Alabama won a national title at the expense of Colt McCoy yeah. shattering his shoulder.
1: Yep. And that he was didn't hear Nick Saban's first one wasn't yes.
2: Yes, it, but you didn't hear Alabama fans saying, like, oh, yeah, well, it doesn't really count. Colt McCoy was hurt, and so that, like, that's the reason why. It's football, man. Football, People get hurt. Injuries are going to happen. It's something that you have to withstand to win a national championship. You know, I it, so in order to win a national championship, you have to have a lot of things go right for yourself, and you have to overcome a lot of obstacles more times than not. Georgia absolutely did that. They had to overcome injuries of their own. It's unfortunate that it happened to Alabama in the national championship. It's unfortunate that they lost – Mechie um before the national title game as well. But it's football, man. That's what you have to overcome. That's what you like, you can't just sit there and complain about it. It's next guy up. We always talk about how it's always next guy up. That's what Alabama fans are always preaching as well, probably with how well they recruit. It's always next guy up. You recruit well for, for those situations. It's why Georgia goes and gets a Brock Bowers, because when Darnell Washington got hurt before the season even started, you had him to come fill the void. It's why you recruit at the level that you do. So that way when injuries happen, you have the guys to come fill in those voice and it doesn't hurt you and it doesn't set you back as much. They're the ones that started
1: the saying of always just reloading yep, and not like restarting, but just reloading because you already have that guy in the chamber or in your, you know, clip ready to put into the chamber and just go like it's they're They're the ones that started that statement. So like if you, if you didn't have somebody to put in after those guys, that's not Georgia's that's fault. That's on you, man. That's not Georgia's fault because Georgia, guess what? Once again, had freshmen. You you had uh, some of them maybe red shirts, that's fine. But you had a true freshman in AD Mitchell yeah. leading the team in receiving stuff throughout the year, and especially late in this game we saw. Lad McConkey. McConkey was a freshman. I think he's a true uh, red shirt freshman. He red shirt he's freshman. the red shirt freshman. Brock, Brock Bowers, Bauer's a true, true freshman. freshman. Um, and then they, those are the three guys that were leading Georgia's receiving all season. All season.
2: You know yeah, it, Cedric Van Pran as your starting center, who was a redshirt freshman as well. Who had got a,
1: put in you know, because of injury in the first game first of the season. First game of the season so. he
2: got put in because um, they had to move Erickson, Erickson over to right
1: guard. He, well, Erickson moved to right guard. Erickson hurt his hand at one point too, didn't he? Yeah. And so that's what started to – and then they put him over at right guard because Tate Rattledge went down, which that's the other part I want to talk about. And I'm, this actually led perfectly back into it. Because you want to talk about injuries, right, that ended up – being huge, but it ended up being something that Georgia like benefited from because of the way it played out. But like the starting right guard went down early in this game. And what does Georgia do? I was worried about this. I didn't know what we were going to do. I thought we were about to put Xavier Truss in. And I was like, that's what I expected because he's played that position this mm-hmm. year. We have not seen Sawyer go into guard this year. No, we, we haven't seen that. So when he went down, I was expecting that to happen. Kirby, Goes nope don't want that what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put in Broderick at left tackle and shift Sawyer over to right guard best
2: talent on the field in my opinion that was a moment where Kirby Smart said I'm putting my guys that have the are the most that was the
1: coaching decision that won the national championship right there this is not
2: a moment where I'm saying like all right seniority kicks in like who we got who's the most experienced right here he said Broderick Jones time to man up you're going in the game and Sawyer you're getting kicked over to guard. Technically, Broderick is a is he a redshirt freshman? I think he is a redshirt freshman. At left one. tackle, Another left one. tackle
1: going up against Will Anderson. Another one. Will Anderson is who he had to match up against because
2: mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, DJ Collett over here. Oh, <laughs> and then also losing Adam Anderson, you had to put in Robert Beale. I mean, that was your biggest, and Robert Beale ended up leading the team in sacks. It was your he, Adam year, Anderson was your biggest playmaker on defense, arguably throughout the entire season. Oh, I think you Luna, lose just
1: straight up, you yeah. lose
2: him midway through the season, and you got to replace him. But it, Georgia really never missed a beat, really at that spot either on defense. So Georgia overcame plenty of themselves throughout the entire season. Not because even just they, one, the depth stepped up. Not even just one game. Yeah. They had to do it throughout the entire
1: season. So go ahead and make the argument about being injured at wide receiver at one position, just and laughable. then and then saying and then saying that you got your your freshman corner it got picked on, and that's the other side of it, right? Boy, do we, we have
2: something to tell you.
1: A freshman corner or a redshirt freshman corner got a pick six against Bama to seal the game, and made a couple of big plays throughout oh, the yeah. game, and like it. That's you can't make that discuss, like that argument as far as why you lost this game. Georgia just beat like Georgia just they played won. better. They played Georgia better just game.
2: outplayed, Kirby's, outcoached, and just outlasted at the end of it. Like Kirby it just Smart is. said it himself, I believe, in an interview with Reese Davis, he said. He said in 2018, I felt like we had the best team in the nation. I felt like we had the best team out of everybody, but not the best team doesn't always win the national championship. It's a team that plays the best. Now, granted, Georgia probably did have the best team in the nation this year, but they also played better than Alabama did when it mattered most. Yeah. And that's what it boils down to. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you crap the bed and you don't play up to your standard in the biggest game, it doesn't matter. Whoever plays the best, that coaching
1: doesn't come through. Whoever plays the best
2: that day is who's going to win the football game. And that's what happened on on Monday.
1: And with all that being said is why I came in. We both sat here and we talked about like just being worried about going into this game. Right. And I I told everybody that I talked to, this was my exact thing that I told. I told somebody this the day of the game when I was talking to him on Monday and I said, Georgia has the better team. I don't think that's the question at all. I was like, if, if Georgia wins this game, it's going to be because Kirby Smart finally gets rid of whatever's going on mentally for him in these types of games that's caused him to lose these big games or slip up or keep his foot off the gas and let the other team overtake the leads that he's had in these games. I was like, it's going to come down to coaching in this game. And if we win, Kirby Smart is going to finally shake off his demons in that those big game moments, right? Like that, That's exactly what it was going to come down to because I don't think there was any question that the roster from top to bottom – like overall Georgia had the better team but at the same time Bama had the better players like individual players well, they, had, they had the
2: best they had the college best college football arguably but well they understood.
1: did they definitely did because they had the best defensive player and then the best offensive player like quarterback no doubt they and and by the way Bryce Young the best quarterback to ever play at Bama in yeah. my opinion like statistically that's not even an argument the, the guy finished I I know he had about 4500 yards before this game and he threw for what 360 or so. Something so that means he it. probably threw for darn near or right at 4900 yards this season and 50 touchdowns almost. 46 probably, I think. If I'm thinking correctly from what I saw the other day before the game, mm-hmm. it, he's probably around 46 touchdowns and 4900 yards. Along with seven interceptions, because I think he had five before this game, and Georgia picked him off twice. So, you you had you had the Heisman-winning best quarterback that Bama has ever had. You had your elite quarterback. So this one's this part's for Georgia fans. Bama had their elite quarterback, and they lost. To a walk on, an elite quarterback doesn't win you a national championship. The whole team does, and the coaching does. All of that stuff plays in. So that's why Georgia won. They may not have had an elite quarterback this year because an elite quarterback this year was not necessary. Stetson Bennett was exactly what they needed. They were able to do it with the defense, with the young guys stepping up on offense, with Kirby Smart really outcoaching Nick Saban for once in his career for the first time he was able to do that after the fourth matchup with him. That's why they won. An elite quarterback doesn't win you national championships if the other parts aren't there.
2: Well, it, and it, they don't. and If you were to do a fantasy draft between Georgia and Alabama, the first two picks are going to be Will Anderson and Bryce Young. Absolutely. But after that, you're going Georgia, 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 Georgia. It's it's a long time before you pick another Alabama player. You'll and probably somebody, go four or so picks, and then that's the you'll go difference. for a Emeche, and then you'll go for Jameson Williams. That's the big difference, in my opinion, is that it's nice having the two best players, obviously, in the game, but Georgia, as a collective unit, had the better team because it was just like from top to bottom you never saw a guy and you were like uh ah, he's he's questionable in my opinion it was just from top to bottom georgia had a consistent unit together that gelled really well that always performed up to standard more times than not and made big plays when they were needed and that, that's bottom line <laughs> just just in a few <laughs> thanks for watching but if you <laughs>
1: Had to stop mid sentence. This just got you, Justin. Justin has requested us to do. Um, we
2: failed him in Clemson. This we is forgot. going all the way back to Clemson, the beginning of the season. He asked us to do a long snapper and a punter breakdown. We actually Clemson studied game. on that too, and I actually did research. Yeah, we did research we on the and We completely forgot, but now Justin finally gets <laughs> his moment in the sun. And we get to highlight how yes, long snapper and punter Jake Camarda was different. the better the better punter for sure. Jake Camarda definitely did play a difference in that game. He pinned Alabama deep in their own territory numerous times to make them force them to drive the ball deep uh, a long way long down the snapper. Field. Excellent. I didn't see a bad snap Not to Jake Camarda every time at all. in the chest, right in the numbers. I mean, it's a big difference. It, it definitely played a big part. So that's elite analysis from Justin. We really appreciate that. For- <laughs> Um, if you want uh, more of that, ask him, hit him up on Twitter for more elite breakdowns like that for elite analysis. Oh, uh, that's
1: going back. That literally goes back all the way to the first game of the season for, versus Clemson. I forgot about that too. Oh, well, appreciate you watching and, and jumping in there. That's always fun. But right. <laughs> now I lost my train of thought entirely. <laughs> I know, <he laughs> <me a> <laughs> sentence. I
2: was like, oh my gosh. I was like, <laughs>
1: that was good. Oh man. But all right. So the last thing I want to discuss on this, because now we got to think about the future, right? It's always fun. We and we, we will sit here and talk about this game for weeks to come, for the entire offseason. You know, oh, yeah.
2: this,
1: this game is going to be <laughs> it's been referenced. a long
2: time coming.
1: This game is going to be referenced on every single episode, probably for like a year straight at this point that's going to happen. But what we need to talk about now is there's a lot of decisions that have to be made for a lot of these young guys, right? Like you're seeing a lot of guys, you know, announce they're going to the NFL and, you know, there haven't been a Cook bunch of that guys. yet. James Cook is the only one that I think I've seen say that. Um, which I don't think anyone's surprised about. I think that's no. – he Make earned his money this, money this year.
2: year. No doubt. He
1: earned his money this year. Um, you know, there a lot of guys hitting the transfer portal. You know, you've seen Justin Robinson hit the transfer portal. Um, Keely Ringo is, I think, going that direction. Jalen Kimber.
2: Not Keely, Not Keely sorry. Jalen Kimber. You. And Thank then you. also, um, who is the other guy? There was another one. Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson. Johnson. That's, well. that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Jalen Johnson also hit the portal, so you're kind of already seeing. I mean, Bama had seven yesterday, I believe. Alone. I think mean, Georgia's only got three or four, but there's going to be more to come. So just keep an eye on that. Yeah, Keely Ringo is staying in Athens. Yeah, that's
1: <laughs> that's. He was just talking about how up.
2: he was the MVP of the national championship, and he was like, ah, get he's like, "Now he's out of here. He's leaving. He's hitting I don't the want portal. to hear from the guy that couldn't even pick Georgia, hadn't bought I any Georgia stuff for the national championship. A pick, okay, there's no article of proof or anything. There's no proof. No, I did. I did not get to submit my score. No, 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 no. It's on I camera, never, my guy. I said, I'm going to clip this after the episode I will and quote tag myself you on Twitter. Right now, I said, I would like to see Brooks' breakdown before I make my pick, because but, that's usually what I do. But, but I said, right now, I am leaning towards Alabama. What is Justin saying? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? What, what a clown over here. That's my bad. That's my bad. Guys.
1: Talking I about me to say... leaning towards Alabama,
2: you're already outing a guy that hasn't even hit the portal yet. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Real what shady is. stuff over Anyways, here. let's get back to the topic there.
1: So, you got everybody trying to figure out what their next steps are going to be and, and where they're going to go, right? So, the biggest question at this point is what's Stetson Bennett going to do? And okay, that's that's the thing, because I sat there and I watched his interview on Good Morning America, which if you haven't watched that, oh please gosh. go watch that. It is the best five minute interview I've ever seen he him do. He did not
2: know where he was or what time it was or what was no. going on or anything.
1: But it was great. And I think that he was in the state of mind that he was is where he let little things slip out. That just kind of is what makes me sit back and say, what's he going to do? Because he, he was asked by Michael Strahan, what his what's next for him? And after he kind of stumbled through his words for a couple of seconds there trying to figure out how to phrase what he was trying to say and stuff, he came out and said that he was going to play football next year. The question of where he was going to play football came down to whether or not the the coaching staff made the right decisions. And what he means by that is if I think he's going to have to have somebody like Curry Smart walk in, sit down with him and say, hey, if you come back, you're going to start with us. Because what he won't be able to do is come back in and say, all right, it's an open competition and you have to win the job again. Because that's not a good situation for for him in his career, right? Like him going into that with the room being at that point, potentially JT Daniels. But I think at that point, if he comes back, JT Daniels probably dips. Um, But JT Daniels, potentially you got Carson Beck, potentially you got... Uh, Brock Vandergriff and Gunnar Stockton at this point, which Gunnar Stockton, I, I think you take him out of the equation. There's no in my mind, there's no chance that he's winning the starting job next year because he's the he's the true freshman. Like he he hasn't been on campus. Kirby is not going to start the true freshman when he has those other guys. I mean he would have to be a Bryce Young 4500 yard passer in order to win that starting job himself. So but that's my opinion obviously.
2: In um, my opinion, if this is just me, if I was Kirby Smart and Todd Munkin, in my opinion with the fact that you have Brock Vandergriff, you have Gunnar Stockton coming in, potentially you have a JT or and or Carson Beck on there as well, and possibly a Stetson Bennett. In my opinion, with that situation, you have to open up the competition again. When you have that exactly. many names in, in the mix, or even just if you have just Brock Vandergriff and Gunnar Stockton on roster, if it's just those two guys and Stetson Bennett. I think you have to just open up the competition again. See who you have at that moment. See, because you're gonna have Brock Vandergriff has another year under his belt at that point. He's been in the system for a while. He's learned the playbook. He's kind of gotten his feet wet in some situations. Open it up. It's not gonna hurt you to open up the competition and see who's the better player at this point because you like Kirby Smart says, he always wants to play the best player. Stetson Bennett was the best player, the best player for the position this year. But I'd say open it back up. See who, who delivers. See who shines in the b- brightest moments. Go into G day and say like, we don't know who's going to be the starter. Go out there and earn it right now. Let's see who performs the best. In my opinion, that's what I would do. I, I'm not gonna. I would not tell Stetson if you come back, you're the starter.
1: And I don't think he will. And I think that's kind of what I get to with the reason I brought so, it yeah, up. So yeah, I like think that. it all
2: boils down to how Stetson feels. That's all it does. It, it's, that's and all it's so, going to boil down.
1: to. And the reason I said it like I did too is because of that comment. And then Kirby Smart when he was talking to Reese Davis. And he was asked about Stetson Bennett, and he he said, you know, I would love for Stetson to come back. It, I, he goes, if Kirby or if he gives us the best chance to win, I would love to have Stetson come back and lead this team next year. That was his phrasing, and it's comes It comes down to once again is if he gives us the best chance to win, which is what he said all year. It's what he always says at that position. It's it's every, for position. every position. Exactly. It's what he says at every position. And so what that tells me is he's not going to lock it down and say, you know, if you come back, you have the job. So with that being said, if he's not going to say that because I don't think he will. I think that means that Stetson Bennett, for his own for his own sake and, and his own career at this point, he's probably going to transfer. And it, that's And it, I don't think it's going to be a decision you hear this week. I think it's probably going to be like a week it'll, or two. Yeah, it'll I take think it, time. It, it'll He'll probably push it towards when he has to make certain decisions. Um, although, at the same time, school started, so maybe it would have to be this week. If he's going to transfer, well, he could do a grad. No, I don't know. All right, so here's I the thing. Sure. What are the rules? On
2: this because he has I think a, he's can, a COVID year he's got an extra COVID year I think it, I think you can be enrolled in classes and still be in the transfer portal because like all these well, guys, I'm just saying
1: as far as being able to get into other courses at another school this semester
2: well which I, gives
1: you spring practice spring
2: ball all that kind of stuff well if you're Stetson right now you're probably close to finishing anyways so well, I he's would, he's got to be graduated at this point yeah so he, like he may not even really be I taking think, classes at this I don't know. I mean, he has to be taking classes, but I think... He should be graduated at this point. He's a fifth-year player. But really, it could just be a situation where he's like, yeah, I'll take some classes here. And then like he could just take classes where he wants to go in the summertime, like finish out his semester at UGA. or whatever. I don't know how that works. Um, I don't know. And the reason but,
1: I say it with him, it's really difficult because he's not even like a grad transfer necessarily. He's, he's got an extra COVID year. Yeah. That's the reason that he could come back next year because he's played five years worth of school because of with with some of it being transferring to a junior college is what plays into some of that as well, um, and then along with you know having the COVID years, why he could come back for a sixth college football season. Yeah. So, but my point of it is, I think you're going to see him make the decision to potentially transfer somebody else, somewhere else, because Kirby Smart in my head, there's no way he can tell him, and I don't think he would lie to him, and so no. I think he would tell him it's an open competition because that's what he tells every recruit that comes in. Gunnar Stockton, Brock Vandegrift, that's what he tells all of I them. I think that's
2: how it should always be. It should I mean, always agree. be a 100% agree. So.
1: Yeah. So I think that's how it's going to play out, which means at that point, I think he transfers somewhere else. And if he transfers somewhere else, that means we have, I think everything else kind of stays similar at that point. I think you see, you, you potentially see JT Daniels come back at that point. Carson Beck I I I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and say a player is going to transfer. i of to like speculate the, on any of I'm that. not going to speculate on other people on don't like doing that. Just based on the comments that we got from Stetson a minute is why I'm speculating on his situation no, because yeah. he kind of left I mean, it up for our interpretation conversation to have. But we're he not going to sit here and say, say like
2: this guy's going to transfer or anything.
1: So like let's that. just say because of that, let's just say everything else stays the same. So that means you've got JT Daniels, Carson Beck. Those are the two I think you, your main you know yeah. realistic position like going in for QB scenario, one at that time I would agree. and then you got Brock Vandergriff who like honestly could come up and surprise you as well and end up getting in that conversation because there's been plenty of comments about him being the most accurate quarterback just a little raw because he was a true freshman and then you got Gunnar Stockton who once again I think there is a 0% chance that you see Gunnar Stockton play meaningful snaps this year, unless all kinds of crazy stuff they happens.
2: Stetson Bennett had a zero percent chance of starting. No, Have that you was not different. Your that was
1: different. Different already scenario. Already writing Gunner
2: off, like we did Stetson For Bennett. <laughs> He's a hater. Jeremiah's a hater. Stetson, okay? Yeah,
1: Stetson Bennett was He's a out here hating. Stetson Bennett transferred back in and was already like a third or something year player at the point when he came back. It's a little different than talking about a true freshman. Don't write him Has more. Kirby Smart ever put like? A true freshman, outside of Justin Fields, a true Jake freshman Strong. quarterback <laughs> with an injury as a second-string second guy. He did that's not
2: how, have – That's how Stetson got his opportunity go. both times.
1: Here we go. Jackson Muschamp. I forgot about him.
2: And Jackson There's Muschamp. Justin again. We're forgetting about still the most watching. valuable person in the quarterback you got, room. You got
1: Jackson Muschamp out there. He could come back and play. but He's but already got realistically elite
2: athletic genes in him. He already has an advantage over everybody. Jackson Muschamp has an advantage over all the quarterbacks in that quarterback room. Oh, time. yeah.
1: Yeah. But anyways, with the quarterback room looking like it does, at that point,
2: yeah, never, <laughs> never, say say never say never. <laughs> See? Thank you. Never say never. <laughs> yeah, but she's a little biased. Okay. Well... <laughs> I think you're being a little biased right now. Oh. You're hating on me for saying I was siding with Bama last week, and you're over here She's writing guys biased. off already. All right, he's in the portal. He has 0% chance of starting. No, that's not how we're going to do things. We're, I'm not a hater. Yeah, All right. okay. Yeah, anyways, with those guys in the quarterback room. Go to his Twitter and call him out right now.
1: <laughs> All five of you. <laughs> Come on. Oh, yeah. But anyways, let's get back on topic. So – with that quarterback room being what it is, what would, I mean, how do you kind of see that playing out? If you have a JT if everybody game, stays, if everybody stays except
2: Stetson, then it goes. If everybody stays and Stetson leaves, I, I mean, yeah, I would say it's between Beck and JT at that point. But then again, it, it's just so unpredictable because like I said, you have a ton of athletes in that quarterback room and they're all really talented. We know that much. And so that's a tough you, spot You just to be never in know decision. what could happen in a spring. Like you just never know who's gonna really who's gonna who wants it more is kind of how you have to look at it. And who's gonna take advantage of their opportunities? Because Carson Beck was presented with an opportunity, necessarily didn't take advantage of it based on what we heard in practice. But Stetson Bennett did take advantage of his opportunities. So it's all gonna depend on who makes their moments count the most in that position. And so if it's in that scenario, I don't know who would come out as a starter. But I do know it would be the guy that takes advantage of their opportunities, and G Day would play a big part in that. And I think G Day would be really exciting to watch if that's the scenario. If you've got four quarterbacks fighting for four realistic
1: four guys that like that would be a lot
2: of fun to watch. Like so,
1: it it would yeah. Think about that. That oh my gosh, because at that point you're not looking at like one or two guys or one guy you just kind of assume is starting kind of thing. You're looking at four guys. You're looking at each side of the team having two guys That'd that realistically could start, that would be a crazy, crazy G-Day. Maybe that's and, what we get. But think about this is the last thing, too, on that area, is the best ability is your availability. And I think that's what that's what plagued JT Daniels. That's what's plagued JT Daniels' entire collegiate career, You know, going back to USC. And so it comes down to, I think, the long-term decision on this is, if JT Daniels also comes back in the scenario that we presented, he comes back, right? Can he stay healthy? Because he has been injury plagued. And some players just have that career. Some players, there's plenty of guys out there that I've watched in several sports and, and everything like that. You look at and you go, had he not dealt with this injury, what would have happened? How, how good could he have been? Where could he have gone in his career? And you never get to know because you never see them, they're not available. Because once again, your best ability is your availability. And so it comes down to if, if JT Daniels can stay healthy. If JT Daniels comes out and stays healthy, I think JT Daniels is who they're going to start. I mean, he's
2: already the third favorite to win the Heisman again. So, according to – I think it was PFF that put that out. So, obviously, JT Daniels is the starter next year. Case closed. Put it in the books. That's the guy. I got This is a request for Georgia fans. If, if
1: he comes back and we have a genuine open, like, battle for this position on there – can we just please just sit back and rock with whoever Todd Munkin and, and Kirby no, Smart go that with? Really
2: was the fun out of like, can we
1: just sit back and just enjoy whoever they decide? Because there's, because uh, it's gonna be worse than so this. What year. Fuels our content. You thought it was bad this year.
2: It's bad every year. It's, bad, it's horrible.
1: <laughs> it's I, been I, bad. I hate it. Uh, it the only the time it hasn't part. been bad that I could go back and look is like when you had like Matt Stafford. And Aaron Murray God. and and then everyone just like because think at least we didn't get in the spot where we had a Hudson Mason year. Good Lord. Think about that. Everyone's sitting here acting like Stetson Bennett was Hudson Mason. When in reality he he compares exactly to what Jake Fromm was.
2: I just want to say the two quarterbacks that Georgia won a national championship were Buck Balloo and Stetson Bennett. <laughs> I think that's pretty remarkable, in my opinion. The fact that Buck Ballou, who threw who passes all year long, it seemed like, in that season. And Stetson Bennett, who was considered a game manager and not, and by no means elite talent. Those are your two national championship quarterbacks. Because this is an episode where we just
1: continue to interact with Justin all night. We're going to well, do it again. I love, again. It. I love, I love it, too. It's fun. Justin. It's fun. Justin, we, we enjoy your there comments. There you go. But this is exactly what I agree just with, too. Happy. Like this, This is what you should think. You should be happy that you have this many options. Thankfully, the problem with that is the problem with that is is this is how it's going to play out. George is going to pick whichever one of those four guys, right? Kirby Smart and Todd Munkin, they're going to decide on it. That one guy is going to go out there and have a bad game and
2: throw two interceptions. But what about Brock Vandegrift? Gunnar Stockton's here now. You'll hear his. We got a five star. Let's put in the five star. That's how it's always. But this
1: is where it's going to be even more interesting, though, is because at this point, the way it's stacking up to be is you're not going to have a Stetson Bennett walk on. To really sit there and say, well, he's just the much lesser guy from what every fan thought, right? Now this decision is going to be, all right, well, you went with JT Daniels, but you've got Carson Beck, former four-star. you got Brock Vandergriff, a five-star, and you've got Gunnar Stockton, who's a five-star as well, right? Four-star Four-star. Now. Star, he's a four-star now? Yeah. Anyways, beside the point, I guess, at the end of it. But like my point of it is you've got those guys that are highly touted guys. You're not your former walk-on guy coming on that just happens to fall into the spot because it just the way things played out and he took advantage of it. It's a guy that like was highly recruited out of high school kind of thing. If you thought it was bad this year, it, it's going to be really bad next year. Just think that you remember how it was with Jake Fromm and Justin Fields. It'll be that intense again. It, it'll be that intense again this year. And I'm not getting into that discussion of which way that should have gone. It shouldn't have gone, whatever on there. That's how intense it's going to be this year as far as the fan base goes. Can we please not do that? Like, I, that's just my ask. I know that's a tall order. Do you order.
2: know who you're talking to right now? <laughs> do, like, Do you realize who I you're talking I don't want to group all Georgia fans into that There's a lot of them out there. Because, because there's don't. a lot that don't make controversy out of the QB position, but there's also quite a few that do. But, I mean, if, I think – and it's kind of like a double-edged sword because because Kirby recruits so well at every position – you're always going to have a QB controversy every single year from now on because he's always going to have elite talent at the position, which is also going to mean and, – and we've said this. What's, who's the favorite player on every single roster? The backup quarterback. The backup Second quarterback. quarterback. So for, till the end of time, there's always going to be some type of QB controversy. But like Justin said, just be glad that you have multiple options and you're not just stuck with one guy and you're just praying – that he does not suffer from injury and you have to roll out. The, the
1: next time that you decide like you want to go out there and say, well, you think that they should go with the next guy up, the next quarterback or situation, right? When you think that, evaluate your, your own point of view on there and say, how often do you make that type of comment about the cornerback, the wide receiver, <laughs> the the linebacker, the defensive lineman? How often do you say, hey, Chad Chambliss should have been playing this season? Instead of like Quay Walker, because Quay Walker busted one coverage. I mean,
2: Chaz Chambliss is. I mean, he
1: did light up that Michigan player.
2: The, the offenses do what Chaz Chambliss tells them to do. I mean, that's that's kind of how he rocks on the defensive side of the football. <laughs> but that's
1: my, that's kind of a of Discord that, joke,
2: though, by the way, if you're not in it, there. Oh, yeah. The Chaz, yeah. Chamb- the Chaz Chambliss. One. Even, I this that. man is an admin on the. I on missed this, that. Justin, ban him right now. Justin can't He, he doesn't ban even me. know about the Chaz Chambliss joke in the oh, Discord. He's not even not a busy sometimes, fan. man. You picked Alabama. Get out of here. It always comes back to my (laughs) fault. It it does.
1: Always. That's my point, though. If you're going to sit here and go, you know, we should be going with a different quarterback because you know know what they should be doing and what's happening. Think about – there's a reason you don't say that with, like, other position groups. Like, you don't – you don't know – what they should be doing, I don't know what they should be doing. Jonathan doesn't know what they should be doing. That's why we sit here on on the show and sit back and go, "We're going to rock with what Kirby Kirby decided to do." That's why we've been rocking with Stetson Bennett for for two months now, like because we decided to just support it because we don't see what happens in practice every single day, mm-hmm. and we don't know who the next guy should be, you know, because we don't know what's going on. So at the end of the day. If you can't sit here and, and justify an argument for why Chaz Chambliss should have been playing, because he's, you know, a great backup at his position, then then just sit back and enjoy what they decide to do with the quarterback too. That's that's all I want to say, because you never hear that argument from those same guys. They couldn't tell you who backups are at some positions sometimes. And you're like, which you don't have to know every single player on the team. That's not what I make, I'm the decision I'm making. But the fact that you don't means you don't know as much as the coaches do. That's just the clear-cut answer of it. And and if you don't, then
2: you just gotta enjoy what they do. Yep. Now, as Justin pointed out, it does provide us with some content to write about. So if you do want to read about stuff like that, you can go over to Dogs Daily on SI. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But we don't do clickbaiting, all right? We don't do none of that nonsense. Brooks Austin runs a good show over there. He keeps he keeps us in line, of course, with the stories that we write, but we all put out good content. Everybody that contributes over there does put out some really solid info and articles and content. So if you ever in need of that dogs daily on SI is definitely the place to be always putting out consistent content from multiple people. So it's a great place to be if you're wanting some Georgia football info. So
1: you're not wrong. Those, those are, those are great conversations for us because we get to write about all that kind of stuff. I mean, exactly. if, they, if the fans want to talk about it, then we want, write write about about it. It. Yeah, we want to write I'll about it. Yeah, we want to write about it. I'd be more
2: than happy to do that. I'll probably,
1: I will probably write an article or two in the offseason about the quarterback situation coming up before the season I'll starts. I'll be having
2: one about why Gunnar Stockton could have a chance at winning the quarterback battle. That's what I'll be writing about. And I'll be sure to cite my sources and everything and be sure to put this clip from this podcast <laughs> in there as well. Please do. Maybe we'll get some exposure. Maybe. I we'll mean, get some yeah, more maybe people maybe to so. watch. I'm, tell Brooks you want to clip it and put it in there. <laughs>
1: We'll see about that. There you better. go. But after all of it, we're about an hour, 15 minutes into this episode. I mean, episode. it was after
2: the National Championship, so how could we not go? I could keep
1: talking, but, I mean, yeah. you know, it's been fun. But I know I know Brooks himself has something coming up probably around 9 o'clock that I'm yeah. going to want to watch too, so I want to get home and see that as well. So you guys but should
2: go check that out as well.
1: Brooks Austin on Patreon, and it, it might be actually probably on YouTube for that Probably one. is on YouTube. That, one's that one's probably on YouTube. So
2: you can check that out.
1: The Film Guy. Go check him the out. Film Guy Network. Um, but as always jeremiah stoddard along with jonathan williams here congratulations dog fans we finally got that national championship and as always keep it classy in the
2: classic city like and subscribe every all of that good stuff please do that push us up the youtube categories whatnot it really helps us out so like Hold and on. subscribe to us right here follow us on twitter as well that also helps as well but yeah if you're watching please like and subscribe follow us on twitter help us push out our content even more, really trying to keep it growing and consistent. So we really appreciate you guys who do that for us. Absolutely. So now you can hit the final line.
1: As always, keep it classy in Classic City, and we will catch you guys next week. Go dogs!
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Dogs Daily on Sports Illustrated. Take a second to subscribe, rate, review, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to reach out to the Dogs Daily crew on Twitter with any topics you'd like discussed. You can reach out to Jeremiah at Jeremiah underscore Stodd7 to kyle at dk fubderberg and jonathan at 22 underscore j man check back next week for a brand new episode in the meantime go dogs